I'm Jasmine Williams, a real estate investment coach and financial womanpreneur. I'm here to prove that you have what it takes to make a killing through real estate investments and home ownership. Welcome to the Women Wealth Impact Podcast, a girlfriend's guide to financial freedom, home ownership, and investing. Does this sound too good to be true? I'm right here as proof that it's possible. Just a few years ago, I was a single mom living paycheck to paycheck, desperately trying to keep it all together. After learning more about money planning, I saw the amazing potential in my finances and I've never looked back. I've seen far too many women battling to build a legacy that they can be proud of. And it all comes down to getting your personal finances in check. But for that, you need a growth strategy, which begins with understanding what's stunting your financial progression. We'll cover how to start from scratch and what it takes to get your finances in alignment with your goals. I'm proud of you for taking the initiative to listen. This is going to be your first step. Welcome to the green community. Let's get started. I'm Jasmine Williams, and I want to welcome you to the Women Wealth Impact Podcast. Today, we're going to cover one of my favorite subjects, one of the things that I am so passionate about that I have literally built my career around it. I've been a realtor for over 13 years in home ownership, and especially getting women to the goal of being a homeowners has been a, a, a passion, um, a, you know, the thrill, the things that wake me up in the morning, and I am so excited that I get to do this every single day. So I get a ton of questions. I get all of the things like people are like, well, what should I do? I have given out advice. I get all of the DMs, all of the emails, all of the voicemails, all the things, right? So, but today I'm going to answer those questions because a lot of the questions are the same. Some of them are specific to your own situation, but a lot of them are just the same that are covering what you need to do. And I'm going to answer them all today. So let's go ahead and dig in. So listen, one of the first things that I want to do today is talk about the reviews because you guys have been giving me crazy love, like love, like, I mean, like, I'm like so empowered by how you guys are really helping me and encouraging me in the comments. So one of the the reviews reads, Jasmine is the best. I've been following her for some time and I love that she empowers women to reach their goals. I love that she is down to earth and can relate to single mothers and their struggles. I can for sure do that. Um, And then the next one says, and that's from Nettie215, 1993. Thank you, Nettie. I appreciate you for, um, and then Latrice H., it says, from one single mom trying to learn to another. Thank you for this. Heart. I love that because a lot of times we think that we're in this alone. And I'm here to tell you that you're not because I've been where you are. And I can for sure give you all the tricks of the trade of how to kind of navigate this thing, right? The last one that I'm going to read is Ashley Six. Jasmine is such a blessing to women, always motivating and giving us game to the real estate world. Check out the podcast, ladies. Thank you, Ashley. I think I know which Ashley that is. And I appreciate you. And if that's the Ashley that I think that it is, she's actually pre-approved through our program. And she is killing it. She's been killing it ever since um, she started. So we're just looking for a property. I believe that's her. So 
Let's go and get started on how you can purchase your first home. Now, a lot of times I talk about um, investment properties. A lot of times I'm talking about how to get into your first investment. But today I'm going to talk to my home buyers because people need to start, right? A lot of times you don't realize if you purchase your first home, that's really the start of your whole investment. That's the start of you building wealth. Don't feel like you are not building wealth if you're a homeowner because you are. Every time you pay that mortgage payment, you're paying down the equity and you're buying more ownership into the property. Um, and I think that needs to be clarified because I saw I saw a meme or something like that on Instagram and everybody was like, oh, well, you don't really own your home because you're paying the mortgage and you're like uh, essentially paying rent. And that's just not the case. I don't believe that at all. I believe that you are paying into the equity of your home and you're buying your ownership as you're paying your mortgage. You cannot do that if you're renting someone else's property. So that's bullshit. And I'm here to say that. And I, you know, I, I stand on that because a lot of times, you know, we're, home ownership and things like that is just kind of being downplayed. It's just like, oh, anybody can do it or no, they shouldn't. Oh, you should rent, blah, blah, blah. No. I believe that ownership, that you should have ownership in something. I don't believe that everyone should be a homeowner just because if you're not comfortable doing it, it is responsibility. It's going to take discipline. It's going to do the things. But if you're ready for that and you really want to build wealth and you really want to set your kids up, set your families up, build wealth for generation and generation and generation, then home ownership is for you. So let's get into the first question. That first question is, how do I get started, right? So it's like, well, wait, I want to buy a house, but I don't even know what I should be doing. The first thing that you should be doing is going through and looking at your financial picture. When you're looking at your financial picture, you're able to say, okay, this is how much I owe, you know, as far as my debt. I have student loans. I'm looking at my credit. This is how much savings I have. I make this much income. Really looking at that financial picture deep, is going to really help you identify and really realize what it takes to be a homeowner, right? You don't want to call someone like me and say, I want to buy a house. And then I'm saying, okay, well, what do you, what kind of house do you want to buy? How much can you afford? What's your mortgage payment? All the things. And you're just like, uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. You want to be precise. You want to know what you can afford before you even start. And that way, you're not making a decision based on what someone is telling you. You're based on your own pocketbook, not someone else just saying, okay, you're approved for a $900 mortgage and you going and maxing that out. I don't believe in that. I believe that you should really take your time, figure out your budget, figure out what's comfortable for you. Typically, I say 30 to 35% of your income should be what your mortgage payment is. But then I'm also recommending that you're able to cover your mortgage payment in one paycheck. So then that way you're not struggling and you're like having to piece it together and things like that. Life does happen. I get it. But if you're going through and saying, okay, I can afford this because of what I have in my budget, then everything else is a workaround, right? And so get, getting through and going through and saying, I want to purchase a home is really saying, I want to take charge of my finances. I want to build wealth and I want to go ahead and be disciplined with my finances. Looking at your budget. I don't call it a budget. I call it a money plan, but looking at your budget and looking at that money plan to say, okay, this is how much I owe on my credit card debt. This is how much I owe on my car. 
This is how much money I'm bringing in. This is how much savings. This is my goal, right? And so setting that goal from the start. Don't just say, oh, I want to buy a house and then I'm going to just go get pre-approved and I don't have any savings and I'm just out here. Because even though there are grants and things like that that will work in your favor, you really need to take the time to be disciplined and know exactly how much you can afford. The next question I always get is how long does it take to purchase a home? It really doesn't take that long. The longest part, honestly, in my opinion, is actually searching for the perfect home or the house that's going to be the house that you live in for at least the next five years. I do recommend that you, when you're purchasing a house, you picture yourself there for five years because that will allow you to build some equity in the house. If you decide to sell the house, if you decide to move out of the house and rent it out, refi, whatever, that five-year mark is really like a a good measure of time that you can go through and uh, and have some ownership in the property. So your first house, in my opinion, and actually every house that I've ever bought is an ugly house. I buy the ugliest house in the best neighborhood that I can afford. I do that because I want to make sure that I am able to build my own equity or what they call force appreciation into a home. So even in this house, you guys see this bookshelf behind me and oh, for the podcasters, you can't see it. But on video, you can see how I have, um, you know, we have built out this home to be a house, this house to be a home. You know, it wasn't it wasn't that way all this whole time. We renovated my bedroom over COVID. Um, we're going to start kitchen construction um, in a couple months. And it's just me building equity in this house. If I were to buy this house the way that it, it will be after it's all done, I probably wouldn't have been able to afford it. So I buy the ugliest house. And when I say the ugliest house, it doesn't mean that the, you know, the the walls are falling down or the ceiling is caving in or the plumbing is bad or things like that. The ugliest house is usually the house that is, you know, it needs a little love. It's like a grandma house, the green carpet, the pink tiles, all those types of things. Then I say, okay, now. I can go through and make this my own because with some paint, some new tile, some new flooring, all those types of things, you can make your house a home. And so that's what I do. So I, I buy an ugly house. I actually recommend this for people. Um, I don't always sell ugly houses because, of course, I sometimes sell uh, properties that are renovated and things like that. But for someone just starting out and they're just like, I don't know, I just want to go ahead and purchase purchase the ugly house. And if you're on a limited income and if you're just like, okay, I'm just starting out. Um, you know, I had, I was speaking to someone who um, is 20 years old and she's like, I want to buy a house, but I just don't know if I'm ready. I only make, um, $27,000 a year. And here's the thing. Don't, first of all, don't discount because you're waking up, you're going to work every day, you're making that money, you're trying to figure this thing out. You can build wealth at any stage, at any income, you can build wealth. We help people build wealth or buy purchase homes, even on fixed incomes, even on low incomes, even on disability income, things like that. Don't feel like, oh, I can't do it because I have, you know, what you may see as being a smaller income. My suggestion for someone who doesn't have a ton of income is that they go through and they purchase a duplex or a multifamily, really a duplex. If you purchase a duplex, then that way 
the money that you are going to spend on your house payment can really be spent on your, you know, paying down even more debt or even making more investments and your tenant can pay your mortgage and some of your living expenses if you buy right. So don't feel like, oh, I need to go ahead and purchase this crazy big house because if you do and you think you need to and you don't get approved for that, don't be discouraged you really can go ahead and purchase a house. The thing that I love the best about real estate is that you can purchase at any entry point and still build wealth. Over time, especially properties in the Philadelphia area, they are building wealth at exponential uh, levels because they are able to appreciate just over time. And if you're making improvements to a house, painting, improving the kitchen over time, I had a person Every time she got an extra paycheck, she would put it away. Every time she got an income tax check, she would put it away. And she just did room by room by room on her duplex. She was able to get her tenant to pay. She went ahead and improved the kitchens and things like that. She started at $70,000 when we went back to go ahead and look at the property to go ahead and pull equity out for an investment property. She was valued at $160,000. It's possible. You can go ahead and get these things done, but you have to be diligent and you have to be determined to go ahead and get this done for yourself. That's the only thing that I can say. The next thing is, what are the requirements, Jasmine? Like, how, what do I need to purchase a house, right? So I always tell people the requirements are going to start with you, right? The first thing is your income. You're going to look at your income. You want to have consistent income for at least two years. So you want to have two tax returns. Now, that could be that you're self-employed. That could be that you are you know, in a W-2 or in, a, in an actual job and you're getting wages, that could mean that. But you have to have two years of tax returns because that is what at minimum the mortgage company is going to ask for. Then you could go into the point of, okay, I need to go ahead and get, um, you know, maybe even make even more money or I need to go ahead and um, have longer on my job. You don't, it's two years. That's what it is for um, the mortgage companies. The next thing that we talk about is credit, right? So everybody wants to talk about the credit score. The credit score, a couple things with the credit score. One, the credit score is really just what you see. The credit score that you see is not going to be what mortgage companies see. I know. People are like, oh, geez, how can I know what will the mortgage company will see or what I'm prepared to do or what I can do, all the things? It's You can't tell that. But what you can control is the content of your actual credit report. So credit report, no late payments within the last year. That's major. Mortgage companies will, in a lot of cases, automatically turn you down if you have a late payment on your credit report within a year. The the next thing is, okay, your debt to income ratio. Now, obviously you want your debt to income ratio or the credit card usage to be as low as possible. However, you at least want it to be under or around between 30 to 50%. 10% is really ideal. Really 5% is how you build a, a strong credit profile. 
The next thing is going through and making sure you don't have any collections. Now, if you do have collections, small collections are sometimes allowed if the rest of the credit report is on time. So if you have an old collection that's from years ago, but everything has been on time since, um, a lot of times the mortgage company will allow you to still get approved for the mortgage. They just want you to go through and um, probably either, either pay the collection off at closing or try to pay it off ahead of time. So collections under, let's say, $1,200 are a good rule of thumb. If you have that, don't think that you can't be approved for a mortgage. But in order really to get that optimal um, interest rate, you do want to be cleared up and have those collections cleared up as, as soon as possible. But don't be discouraged if you have one that's a little older. Then you want to look at the credit mix. So if you have student loans, don't think that you can't purchase a house. The thing with student loans is that you can purchase a house. They're just going to look at your total student loan amount and then take 1%. So if you have $100,000 in student loans, they're going to put $1,000 into your DTI, into your debt to income ratio. Don't worry about it. A lot of times if you're on a payment arrangement or things like that with your, your student loans, that's okay. You can go through and make sure that your student loans make sense and get on some type of income rebase payment arrangement. That's fine. That's really all that we're looking for in the credit. Don't get so hung up on the score because the score is something that you really are not going to know. We need to look at the context. Whenever I'm looking at somebody's credit report, if I look at the score, I'm looking at it just to know like kind of where the range would be, but I'm really wanting to look at the report. And then I can give commentary on how the report looks and what you need to do in order to improve or you're ready to go ahead and purchase your next home. The last thing is savings. A lot of people are like, well, how much do I need, right? And so here's the thing. You're going to need anywhere between 3 to 5%. If you're a first-time homeowner, don't think that you need 20%. Please don't, don't, don't. Don't even, like, get that out of your head. 20% is if you're going to go ahead and put down a large amount so that you don't have what they call PMI. PMI is property mortgage insurance, which is basically for, uh, it's just like an insurance that the, the government provides so that if you do default, the insurance company, I'm sorry, the mortgage company can go ahead and be made whole. Don't focus on that. You don't have to worry about that. Just focus on getting that down payment. So, I say anywhere between three and 5% because there are conventional programs that you can get that are 3% down. So on a $100,000 house, you would need $3,000. On a $200,000 house, you would need $6,000 and so on. The one thing that people don't talk about is closing costs. In this environment where it's a seller's market, closing cost assistance or someone giving you a seller's assist is not as common. So you want to at least have some of the seller's assist or some of those closing costs saved. Closing costs can be anywhere between five to six percent. So get ready because you can go ahead and put those things down and save. So if I were you, I would save anywhere between, let's say, probably anywhere between six to eight percent for your home purchase. So again, if you're saving six percent, that's six thousand dollars. Now there are grants, there are things, you know, at the time of this podcast, there's a grant that just rolled out in Philadelphia. There's grants that are gonna roll out over the next year because we're kind of rebounding from the whole COVID thing. So be prepared for that. But don't 
put that in your plan. You want to have a discipline to save for your first home. So I really like a rule of thumb of anywhere between eight to $10,000 for that first home. If you save that, we can go ahead and really get your process started and really be able to help you get the house that you want, right? And so I really want you to have that $10,000 mark. And if you have that saved and um, if you're like, okay, well, wait, I have cash. We have people that have small businesses, people that make cupcakes, people that braid hair, you know, y'all are some creative people, right? And so as women, we are just forever trying to figure something out. All I can say is you want to put that in your bank account 60 days before you apply for a mortgage. So if you have cash, go ahead and get that into the bank, sis, because once you go ahead and do that, then you can go through and um, apply for a mortgage after it's been in the bank for about 60 days. Those are really the the questions that I get. I get those all the time. I talk about them a lot because I want you guys to know that it's really not that hard to purchase your first home. You really just need a plan. Um, In fact, I am having a free webinar that I'll link in the show notes to tell you guys all about this plan that you can outline. It's a webinar that shows you how to outline your plan and then get to the goal of saving that $10,000, improving your credit, all the things. So make sure you guys check out that free webinar in my show notes so that you guys can go ahead and get started on your journey. The next thing I want to talk about is some of my favorite statistics about women in home ownership. Now, the home ownership rate is now 61.2%. It's up from 50 that it was in 1990. That's tremendous. And not only is that, but it's that more single women are the head of households. So that means that single women are like, look, I'm not waiting to get married. I'm not waiting to do anything. I am going to go ahead and purchase my first home. And I am totally not against marriage. I think that it's a beautiful thing. But I do agree that if you're going to build wealth, especially when you're looking for a partner that's going to be your equal, you want to build wealth before you even meet him or her, right? You want to build wealth because you want to have, you want to be on stable ground with your finances so that you're walking into this relationship with being whole. Um, and the finances are, are truly a part of that. And so I think that this statistic really shows that women are really just we're killing it. We're killing it as usual. We're building businesses. We're building wealth. We're investing in stocks. We're investing in real estate. We're doing all of the things. And it's a great time to be alive. So I think that you should definitely take advantage of that and make sure that you guys are not waiting. Don't wait. Don't wait till the right time. Go ahead and just dive in and figure out what your plan is today. The last thing we're going to talk about is saving money. This is a tip, this quick tip. Every time I tell it, everybody's like, oh, you know what? That would definitely work for me. So the quickest tip that you can have when it comes to saving money, especially for home purchase, but really for anything, is going ahead and opening up online account that does not require you to have a debit card. Because when we have a card, that's when we spend. If you open up an account that you can hardly get to, that is really 
impulse proof, meaning that you're not making those impulse purchases. A lot of times people are just like, okay, yeah, I have this and it's connected to my checking account. And then you're in Target and you're like, oh, this is on sale. I'll just put it back the next time. And you never put it back. This particular savings account I use, I'm called Capital 360, is you can put the money there. You get it automatically taken out of your check before it even hits your account. And then by the time you go ahead and you're ready for it, you can just request it. Now, a lot of times people are just like, well, Jess, how do I go ahead and get the money? You request it. It takes 48 hours for it to be deposited into your link checking account. That's perfect because if you're in the store, you know, usually 48 hours, you can just kind of be off of that impulse spending. Most people are off it you know, even a lot sooner. So you want to go ahead and take advantage of that and also make sure that you are looking at all the things that you can do to save money. Make sure you guys are signing up for my webinar because I'm going to show you how to set up your savings accounts and all the things. And then also make sure you get to the goal of home ownership. Last but not least, I want to talk about this book, <laughs> The Color of Law. You guys can't see it, but the Color of Law is talking about how the government segregated America. And it's brought to you by Audible. You guys can link to the show comments uh, to listen to this book. When I tell you, it talks about the history of segregation, not only in brown and black communities, but also how women were segregated against. I'm telling you, this is a game changer. Make sure you guys listen. And I can't wait to see you guys next week. Talk to you soon, ladies. I'm so happy that you joined me for this episode of the Women Wealth Impact Podcast. If you can take anything away from today, I hope you know that your financial future is in your control and I'm living proof. Home ownership and real estate investing is for every woman. And I would love it if you would take some time to share this podcast to help others feel empowered and in control of their future too. Take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on your Instagram. Tag me at Green Real Estate Mom so we can connect. On Facebook, join the Green Everything community so that we can chat about the latest episode. See you next week.